Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They no, teased they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweep. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk the talk and not walk the walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. It's so nice to have you here where you belong. Finally, we unveil the Tom Seaver statue. He drives one toward the gap in left center field, heading back toward the fans. It's out of here. Pete Alonso with a line drive, two-run homer. He struck him out. Now the ball game is over. The Mets have their third shutout of their first 10 games. Ooh. Welcome back. To amazing but true, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. That montage you just heard, courtesy of SNY, you heard Gary Cohn. You heard Howie Rose, who will join us, the radio voice of the Mets. He will join us later in the program. And you heard Nancy Seaver, Figgy. What an emotional day Friday was, an emotional weekend, a fun weekend back at City Field. The Tom Seaver statue went up. Nancy and the family spoke. Howie spoke. Piazza spoke. The Queensboro president spoke, packed. You know, how he talked about it looking like Woodstock, the crowd mm-hmm. from above. It sure did, and the Mets take two out of three. They've won three series, seven and three. One of the best teams in baseball right now, a monstrous four-game series for April standards, monstrous, because this could be, who knows, too early to say, a playoff preview. We have some big pitching matchups ahead. But, Figgy, fun weekend, right? Like, this team's pitching lights out. Best in baseball right now. The numbers are absurd. They're hitting when they need to. They're getting buckisms. They're getting buck outsmarting you, your mother, your sister, your brother, your grandmother. He's outsmarting everyone, and you're winning games, and that's what matters. You have to be happy right now three series in if you're a Met fan. Yeah, there's a lot to be happy for. I think, you know, with all the injuries, it would be one of those woe is us, uh, here we go again kind of things. Um, but what you're looking at, the reality of it is after 11 games, uh, your worst starter's ERA is Max Scherzer at a 3.2. Um, and he's 2-0. Yeah, and he's 2-0. <laughs> but a 3.2 ERA is nothing to laugh at. You know his is only going to continue to go down. And everybody else has just been outstanding. I, I You know, you have to tip your cap to uh, Hafner. He puts out a great game plan. These guys are executing uh, flawlessly almost. And, and it's been exciting to watch. Miguel continues to impress his mix of pitches, his ability to use his fastball has no fear of any hitter right now in baseball. He said that, you know, after the first game against Soto, blowing him away with a 
fastball. And he's like, that's what he expects to do. And, and that's a great mentality to have. That's a great focus to have for a guy who struggled in the second half. He doesn't seem to be phased by that at all and wants to continue to show that he's uh, improving and being able to handle the workload that's ahead of him, not just as the opening day starter, but filling in for Jacob DeGrom admirably because when DeGrom does come back into the rotation, weak man is going to have to bow out, possibly become the long reliever. So yeah, I think if they can all continue to put up great numbers, and I don't expect zeros, I don't expect you know uh, under one ERAs uh, until June, but as long as they can keep this team not even afloat, but setting the tone, man. This team just has that different vibe where they're dangerous up and down the lineup, and it can strike at any time, they can hit home runs in bunches, and at the same time, you know, you're looking at this athleticism all over the field, uh, Marte's speed, and the smarts in the dugout with Buck Showalter, you know, the loophole in that whole thing is it gets talked about and laughed at and discussed, but never really comes into play, and you know, you might work on these bunt plays, and you work on these different situational plays one time in spring training, and then it's kind of put in the back pocket but Buck Showalter pulls out again shows why he was the right choice as a manager um, takes advantage of uh, a loophole in the rule and even a savvy veteran like Ali Perez had no idea what was happening right there because it was supposed to be one of those gentleman agreement things okay we're going to appeal this and nice and easy step off and throw to base next thing you know he takes off running and creates havoc and gets the Mets a run for free that seems like it would only happen with Oliver Perez on the mound with that moment and I'm confused <laughs> I'm up there you know bougie in a heated in the heated suite it was cold on Sunday uh so thank God for the heat in there but it was bizarre. You're watching. You're like, what's going on here? Like, how did he get to second? Why didn't he tag him? Well, if he tagged him, they wouldn't have been able to appeal a third. And the replay showed Dom did not tag up early. So, listen, the D-backs suck. And the Mets suck two out of three. This lineup, I mean, I'm in the Mets, my, the amazing but true jersey, the new jersey, amazing but rue. Uh, didn't spell it wrong on purpose. Couldn't fit the extra character. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Taiwan purchase of pro baby thinking about chicken parm. Um, but you know, you, you get it. My mom said to me, I understood. I got, it was a little long. You know, I, I didn't think you spelled that wrong. I know you, you got that one, but you know, that's something that never would have happened with Luis Rojas. I mean, you know, Buck gave the thumbs up, the little sideways thumbs up mm -hmm. and that became like a meme. And everyone was like, this guy is just a legend. Mm -hmm. I mean, you already love Buck and people will question some of the moves he makes. You know, I questioned putting Diaz in a five, nothing game Sunday, but pitched since Tuesday. Hadn't got working. I get that. Although my logic is you have four straight days, you're probably going to need him in a closer game. But he got his work and he was fine. I'm not in love with it, but I understand it. That's the only if that's the only complaint you have. You're having a pretty damn good weekend. And man, Friday was truly special. Getting there in the morning, the Seaver statue reveal, Howie was great, Piazza was good. And the family was emotional. And if you were there, it was emotional. And for me, it was a cool moment because my dad got there right before it started. We watched the whole thing together. And to come from 2003 in a 30-degree day against the Cubs where the Mets lost 15-2, and to think 19 years later, the tradition with my dad would keep going. He'd be flying up from Carolina to get here to come. And it's come to this where... As a kid, he took me to meet Seaver at a sports memorabilia card show, and we got to meet him in a private room. He signed a ball to meet 20 of the 1969 Mets and falling in love with that team kind of just through the videos and through getting to meet a lot of the guys to now 19 years later, a statue, a beautiful, majestic statue going up outside of a new stadium from Shea where we parked by the flying saucers in the men in black movie, you know, 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes from the stadium in 2003 mm -hmm. to a 67 degree sunny day 
The Mets are good. New manager, the Seaver statue, Jackie Robinson day, right outside the Jackie Robinson rotunda. All the vibes around this team after a pandemic, the first sold-out opening day since 2019. You know, 2020, no fans, 8,000 people last year. Just everything surrounding it was special for me and everyone else there, but just 19 years. And to go from a 12-year-old who would go to ask for autographs to be interviewing guys who got to speak at this ceremony, it was a cool coming-of-age, full-circle moment. And that statue was cool, and it was beautiful. Right next to the apple, you have the apple and Seaver. And it was obviously late. We know it should have been done years ago. But things are turning with this franchise and, you know, with bringing alumni in. And then Jay Horowitz over the weekend getting the press box named after him and Howie will talk about that. There's good vibes around this, not just the team and the record, but the franchise right now and ownership. It might be shaping to be something special, but the pieces are in place for this to be something for the next couple of years and, and down the road. And that was a good start Friday with the statue. The Wilpons had commissioned to do a statue, you know, a few years back. But again, it was far too late for someone who's named the franchise Hall of Famer. There was definitely some kind of, you know, bad blood things with the Mets organization that Tom Seaver went through, and, and rightfully so, um, with the way he felt he was treated uh, towards the end of his career. Um, having said that, you still have to be able to appreciate the players who put on your uniform and, and go out there. There's only been 1,100 Major League Baseball players that could say they were New York Mets. What he did was undoubtedly the greatest things that a, a pitcher has done. The only person that may come close to those things is a healthy Jacob deGrom. And this just shows you how Tom Seaver did it and did it for so long. Healthy continuing to pitch way more innings, way more complete games, you know, wanting the ball from the first inning to the ninth inning and able to do that. It's a, it was a different era, but he definitely um, is the greatest pitcher who ever donned the Met uniform. Jerry Harwitz, he's a, a man that, that everyone loves. I constantly said he should have been Mr. Met. Every single former player, you know, has nothing but great uh, memories uh, being around Jay Horowitz, and I'm glad they were able to do it. Th these kinds of things need to be done while the people are alive to appreciate them. I think that's the bottom line. And, you know, the team, I get it, 69 Mets, so it was 50th anniversary, and you kind of have to wait, but at the same time, you never felt like the good vibes of seeing those or possibly seeing those guys at the ballpark. You know, I think that's where the culture of the team is changing. You want the fans to understand their past, to understand their history. It's only been two World Series championships, and we adore those players. They can walk on water, but they should be able to walk on water at our own park and be able to be accessible to the fans so that they can share those experiences with the newer generations until they do raise another, you know, uh, banner for the, for the New York Mets. And, um, you know, this team is doing some really good things right now, and I think all over you're feeling differently about the New York Mets. Especially when the Yankees are losing to Baltimore, um, you know, you walked around this weekend in blue and orange with some really good pride, and the feeling that things are uh, are maybe turning in the direction of the New York Mets. And it was so great to be back at the ballpark. I'd like to go to the first six. What Mother Nature might put a damper on the Monday game. We'll see. Maybe doubleheader Tuesday. Scherzer's big home debut. We'll see if the weather hold up. It was cold. That was the only complaint, but a lot of new food, which we'll get into, the food escapades. I'll try to give you a food rundown in 60 seconds. And, you know, Friday they gave away the shirt. Saturday they gave away, as you'll see on the video, this 
Tom Seaver statue. Uh, I got an extra one here, courtesy of our buddy Brandon London, who does the New York Post sports videos with our the SNY partnership. Saw some SNY people. Here we have the statue, Figgy. And we're going to unbox it for the first time because I have not unboxed it. So let's take a look. We're going to give this away to a listener. I'm going to give a trivia question and... You're listening to the show. Good God. It's just crushed just crush the value of it Sorry by opening the, it up. This guy doesn't sound. understand about collectibles. Well, no. We'll put it back in. We'll put it back in, he says. Here it is. Majestic. Pretty nice. Yep. That's, the, that's the iconic drop and drive, nice. back knee, about to scrape on the ground when he goes to release this baseball. That, that's an old school set of mechanics that can't be duplicated today. Well, let's give this away to a listener. So we'll do a trivia question here. And if you're listening to the show... We will give this to you. Now, the stipulation is you have to be in the area where I can hand it to you at a game. You know, I'm there most of the time. If we're there the same day, I'll bring it. We'll tweet, DM, whatever, and I'll hand deliver it to you in person. A game used now because it's open. <laughs> Amazing but true. Tom Seaver statue. What year did Tom Seaver have his most amount of strikeouts in a season, and how many was it? So I need the year. Now, this is an easy one. I feel like I should give a buy one, get one free. Um, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I'm going to do Seaver 1. So what year, how many strikeouts? The second one. Something that you can't look up on Google. Here's another one. Which Mets, which Mets mesh. pitcher, mesh, which mesh. mesh, happy Passover, mesh, you're a mensch. Which pitcher doubled off Randy Johnson in the Subway Series and then later scored on a bunt. He came home and scored on a bunt. What is his name and what is his nickname? So there you go. We're like home open receiver. As I'm walking to the statue, I read breaking multiple Mets out of lineup on COVID list. I'm like, you have to be kidding me. Home mm-hmm. opener. We learn Nimmo, Canna, and guys like Jankowski steps up four hits, lays down a bunt. Anyone who lays down a bunt single or to the jersey, I mean, I'm in. <laughs> like, there are multiple Mets like Escobar on a shift who could have done the same thing. He's getting a shot. Big drip, McGill. I mean, dominant so far. He's getting a shot. Peterson got a shot because injuries. So you're seeing all these guys get chances and take advantage. And that's what baseball is about, taking mm-hmm. advantage in your shot. Dom Smith, unfortunately, not hitting a lot so far. But we're learning that when Pete is DH, he dominates. I mean, I think he's homered every time he's been yep. a DH. So it's going to be something they have to consider at that point. But good for Jankowski getting this opportunity. He's the 28th guy, essentially, on the roster. And he had a four – I think it was the home opener. He had four hits. Yep. 10-1 win, you know, the back-to-back homers, so fun. Home opener, Starling Marte, you already see why. Mets fans are going to love this guy. I've wanted him for years. Uh, homer Friday, Homer Saturday, no doubters. Doing well on the base pass. He's been great. Although Sunday has some trouble with the wind and the weather. Yep. Right field, you'll rarely see that. Exactly. But guys are getting opportunities. Figgy and McGill's going to get the opportunity Monday if they play, if not Tuesday. For a series that could be a playoff preview and four great matchups, McGill versus Cobb, Scherzer versus Webb, Bassett versus Rodone, Carrasco versus DiScafani. And this is going to be a fun series and a good early test for the Mets. But now if you could win three out of four against a really good Giants team that shocked us all last year with a good rotation, this could be a fun series. Amazing but true, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa. Figgy, one other thing is Edwin Diaz, a 5 nothing game. We need to up the budget and get a live jazz trumpeteer out there. <laughs> Enough of the Mr. and Miss Met plastic trumpets. When Narco comes on by Timmy Trumpet, why not get the Kenny G of trumpets? Can we look Kenny up G who the trumpets. Kenny G hearts of trumpets is and let me know? Do you know? You, I mean, you are a drummer, so you might know who the world, like, who's the modern-day Louis Armstrong? You is can, it Neil Armstrong or Louis? Louis. Louis Neil yeah. is an astronaut. Neil's the moon guy. Neil yeah. walked the moon on the moon. Guy. <laughs> 
Moon guy. No, no the moon guy. That would be Michael guy. Jackson. He did the moon walk. This is go, this could just go for hours. Who is the trumpeter of America? You can probably get Wynton Marsalis. I feel like he's he's oh, he's okay. he's like the 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 head jazz trumpeter currently, or even Chris Bodie. Chris Bodie's another one. He's oh. he's another guy that you can probably get. Send a few texts, Figgy. Let's make him a Winston Mar- Winton Winston oh, Winston God. Churchill Winton Marsalis. This message brought to you by ADD medication. Mar- Winston, Winston Chicken Marsal, but the dollar in the jar. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to get him Winton. 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 This Marcel. should be the English Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Brown English Academy. All right, Winton Marsalis and uh, and the other guy. Um, we're going to get them to play the trumpeteer. Yeah, but, you know, looking forward to this series, of course, the Mets pitching has been outstanding, and that's with bullpen faltering a couple of times here. Yeah. Well, you know. Chase and Shreve has been fantastic. And, and we said that about Shreve last time. In a Met uniform, he's been really, really good. He was just a lefty-on-lefty specialist back then. He has a split finger that's very, you know, very, very good when it's on. The starters have been otherworldly. You know, you got a 1.07 ERA leading all of baseball. They're second in Ks, 158 batting average against them. So they're not giving up hard hit balls, let alone any hit balls, which has been outstanding. That's also a credit to the defense. You know, you can shift with these guys. You know that routine plays are going to be made routinely. That's the one thing I always stress. You know, there's nothing worse than being a pitcher who gets a ground ball on a pitch into the shift, and this guy has to try and make a circus play to make it look better than it has to be. Again, the relievers have struggled a little bit, but Edwin Diaz looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he's, his slider has that DeGrom um, movement to it. it. You're talking 91 miles an hour. It's down and in on the lefties and disappearing, down and away from the righties, and you're just sw- singing these swings and misses as if you know the ball is disappearing. It has that late life that if you're looking at someone to model your slider after and you can do the same exact grip, Jacob DeGrom, Grom is one of the best to learn from and, and an example of how good a good slider is and how unhittable it is. And that's what the hardest thing is for a guy from double A trying to get to the big leagues. The test is usually a double A slider. There's a guy with a good slider and you can't hit it. You might start looking into other business ventures because uh, you're not going to see anything but that as you move up the ladder. Starting pitch has been great. The, the lineup, I like everything about the flexibility of where you can move hitters in and out. If Dom was hitting, could you imagine yeah. uh, how much more this team could be able to do? But I mean, him and McCann are the only one not hitting. We were talking about cameo prices in a little <laughs> bit with Howie Rose. McCann's cameo price is better than his average right now. When that happens, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a big-time problem, and it's a problem for him as well. I think one of the things that you still admire about him is that he is not losing his focus on the defensive side of the baseball and calling the game and making sure that, yeah, I know I didn't drive up any runs, but I'm not going to help these guys give up any runs. I'm going to uh, block balls, keep guys from running on the bases. You know he still has a cannon. Um, so cannon, it, cannon. It's always going to be a, a give and take with him. He'll have that one good game. Every now and then, but for a guy who's uh, you know always been a backup player, getting his opportunity, all he has to do is put down the right fingers right now, and you're okay with it because you know he'll run into a, a ball every now and then. But he's not going to be that 35, 40 home run guy. Yeah, no shot. Howie Rose is going to join us in a few minutes. We'll close this segment, Figgy. People were going, were drooling over the lobster roll that I posted at City Field. So Hartz is going to put 60 seconds on the clock. We're going to do in a New York Mets minute. See what I did there? Wow. I'm going to try to go through all the new food items in 60 seconds at City Field this year. What you should eat, a quick little review of each. If I could do it, it would be pretty impressive, Figgy. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Each one, give a little quick. Yeah, okay. I I need a thesaurus for better words than iconic every five seconds. (laughs) That's my favorite word. I love to say iconic, but three, two, one. 
All right, we'll start with the lobster rolls behind section 106. $20, pretty affordable because when you think about lobster rolls, they're usually about $28. You get them at a local spot. Get it. It's incredible. Comes with chips. Don't do it a windy day in the Shea Bridge. My chips flew away and hit a girl in the face. I'm sorry to that girl. Got hit in the face by the chips. You move closer to center field. Amazing Chicken Co. Cheesy tater kegs. Not the kegs on the cake stand at Hofstra University. I don't know why they're called kegs, but looks delicious. Going to try them. Give you an update next week. Also, General Sal's Chicken Fingers. Yes, at Amazing Chicken Co. in center field. Uh, you got to try them. Shake Shack, been extended. No more blue smoke. They got rid of the cornbread. Blue smoke is gone. Shake Shack is all that area under the cool awning that represents Shea and the skyline. You know, if you love Shake Shack, go get it. Maybe shorter lines now that it's bigger. 4K scoreboard menus out in center field have added to it an ambiance. So you can seconds. see things bigger. How much? Ten. Ten already? Meatball cup in right field. Very good. My dad said it was best. Ten dollars. Daruma sashimi in right field corner. Spicy fried chicken sandwich. For section one twenty eight. Fuku's chicken. All right, we gotta make this two minutes. That was. <laughs> that was I I went so long on the lobster. Oh my uh, god, you were salivating. That was yeah, the whole thing. We might have to turn this into a two minute drill. Can we get another sixty seconds on the clock? Because that's that's ridiculous. That shouldn't have been sixty seconds. All right, another sixty seconds. Three, two. One. The meatball cup in Redfield Corner where Mama's a Corona was. My dad said it was the best meatball he ever had. A little spicy called Cento Percento. Uh, very good. Daruma, sashimi, and sushi in the Redfield Corner as well. Very, very good. Spicy fried chicken sandwich, sandwich fuku, chicken, section 128. Jacob's Pickles is new this year. If you're an Upper East Sider, bougie, you, you wear tight pants advance, you've maybe had it. <laughs> Jim Beam Club, fried chicken biscuit sandwich. They also have fried pickles in the Delta Club. Pig Beach is also upstairs in the Jim Beam Club behind home plate. Uh, the Barbecue Champion Burger, that's there. They also have a different variety of a sandwich I had in the Delta Club. Get that. It was delicious. Murray's Mac and Cheese up in the Jim Beam Club. Uh, if you're a Mac and Cheese person, go get that as well. Pork Belly Burnt Ends in the Piazza Club. Uh, definitely need to try those. I, I love them at Butcher Bar and Story, so I need to try them. 10 Co- seconds. Cookie Crumbs, also in the Jim Beam Club. If you love cookies, who doesn't get those? Patsy's Pizzeria is replaced two boots in center field. Get some Patsy-ria pizza. <laughs> wow, that was, uh, I probably still forgot some things, but that is the gist of it. If there's more, we'll do that. But Figgy, now you know what to eat. There you go. I'm really concerned that that was the biggest workout you've had in so long. <laughs> You're sweating yeah. right now from two minutes Whew. about talking about food. Yeah. And, a- and, and listen, I love the dedication. I love the passion. But uh, we're going to have to get you walking a little bit more. Well, I might have got diabetes just reading off those <laughs> items. I mean, you go through them, it's diabetes central. And I have an excuse this week. My gym is closed. It's getting renovated. There so I can't, it is. There's I only can't. one gym in the whole city. You know that? Did you know that, Hearts? Yeah, yeah. I know you have a membership to one gym. It's one gym. Well, I don't have a membership. It's in the building. It's free, so I don't have a membership. So I have to wait a week <laughs> to go to the gym. So uh, shout out to the gym for closing. Hey, this week. How about this? I'll tell you what. Walk from the lobby up to your rooftop. A couple laps around the rooftop. You're saying Scenic. walk 14 flights of stairs. Yeah, all 14. You'll find me on the seventh floor dead. <laughs> You'll find me dead. But, but then you make it up to the rooftop. It's a beautiful view. Walk around it. Take your time. Take in the fresh air. You know what I mean? Live in life, bro. I'll faint on then, the roof and then, fall off. Then, listen, this is your reward. You come back down the stairs. It's a little bit easier. You can marvel in all the things you did. Think about all the chicken parm that you can have later on because you just burnt off all these calories. Have a good chicken and parm. And then when you get down to the lobby, your victory lap into the elevator, and you take that nice ride up to the apartment, and you're good. My victory lap is Ubering the city. <laughs> 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 
I, knew I've it. been Uber in there instead of the train. Um, so that's and, and listen, the train is just remember it's just a few stairs and then you walk right into the stadium. That's too much for him. Yeah, he Ubers. Uh, so he my dad to took the that. stairs up the rotunda and I went the escalator. He's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "That it's escalator. It's much better. Than <laughs> it's stairs. an escalator. Uh, it's better for you. <laughs> it's better for your health." Yeah. Anyways, this is basically <laughs> true. Gone off the deep end here. Great weekend. Did celebrate the opening day win with a delicious chicken parm at Nino's in Astoria. Another dollar in the jar. We're going to have to have intern Cameron check how many times, how many dollars I owe. It's probably triple digits at this point. Mets Giants this week. Enjoy the games, everybody. But coming up next on Amazing But True, you thought the show was over. You've gotten everything. But you're going to get the voice of the Mets, Howie Rose, next. The Seaver name is linked to the New York Mets and to all of New York in perpetuity. And thanks to this fabulous sculpture, every fan entering City Field will see the powerful image of number 41, the greatest Met of all, Tom Seaver. He has the biggest heart, perhaps of anyone that I've ever known. So it's only fitting that the Mets organization return the love that he has shown for them and put it directly back into his lap by the dedication of the Jay Harwood's press box. All righty, you just heard that montage with our next guest after an emotional weekend full of a Tom Seaver tribute, of course, as the statue goes up Friday. Jay Horowitz getting the pretz- press box. I got pretzels on my mind here. After eating ballpark food all weekend, the Jay Horowitz press box. And it would be Howie Rose, the longtime voice of the Mets. He's been the TV, radio for 27 years, is it now, Howie? I've been doing something with them since 1987. But remember, Jake, they last won the World Series in 1986, so I come aboard the next year and do the math. <laughs> well, I think that changes this year, as that was my prediction for the season, and obviously very early. But uh, the boys are fun so far. But let's start, Howie, as you know, your friend of the program. We've had you on every year. You tributed Seaver in the show. You were a fan of him. You called his games, and you got to work with him as well in the broadcast booth. This must have been full circle Friday. I was, you know, watching the statue reveal. You were emotional. Take us through the emotions of that and the whole weekend. You know, I think the most emotional part for me was seeing Nancy and Sarah and Anne and knowing what it meant to them and that Nancy has not done any traveling since Tom's passing. It's been difficult for her as it would be for anyone. They were married in around 50 years. So, you know, that was a very deep and loving relationship that she's still trying to sort of reconcile in terms of moving on to the next phase of her life. So for her in particular to have been there made the event. And I know that any time during my opening remarks that I looked anywhere near the family, I had to quickly duck my head the other way or I might have lost it because I just know what it meant to them and means to them to see that on their countenance was was fabulous. Yeah, it's it's been hard to kind of wrap your head around someone who's been named the franchise uh, since, you know, his days here playing for the Mets. And it took this long to get that recognition. And sadly, he's not here to have been a part of it and to see it. If you could have done it all over again, they would have done it a whole lot sooner so that he could have taken part in it. I sure wish it would have happened that way, Figgy. I think we're all in agreement 
that a statue for Tom Seaver should have been right in front of City Field the day it opened in 2009. Why it wasn't, I can't answer. There's no need to rehash that. The previous ownership did commission this statue. It took a lot longer for myriad reasons, not the least of which was the pandemic and some of the repercussions of that for them to finally get the thing done. But when you get a look at it, oh my goodness, the sculptor William Behrens did not spare one detail. I mean, every crease in Tom's shirt, the vein on the back of his uh, pitching forearm, the grip on the ball, I mean, everything, obviously the dirt on the right knee, which was Tom's trademark. You can see why the attention to that detail would have making this a long, painstaking project. Jay Horowitz, getting the press box named after him. You had some kind words to say about Jay. Would love to hear your thoughts about that. I figure you'll agree with this, I'm, I'm sure. There's no one that I've known, certainly in the baseball business, if not any walk of life, who has a bigger heart than Jay. Jay just always wants to do right by everyone. He wants to satisfy people in their quest to get their job done. That's one thing. But from a moralistic standpoint, whenever there's a discussion about who should be next to have their number retired or go into the Mets Hall of Fame, and obviously there's going to be debate on the part of the committee, Jay's opinion always comes from the heart. Okay, maybe this doesn't make sense objectively, but maybe for other reasons we need to do this because it's the right thing. That's what Jay Horowitz is all about. He's a lot of fun to be with. You know, we have a third baseman with the Mets now, Eduardo Escobar, who talks about his love for Brazilian steakhouses. In particular, I don't know if you guys have been there, but a place called Fogo de Chao. It's great. But, you know, I've been to a couple of those places with Jay and others. And let me tell you, the most entertaining part of the meal is not the enormous amount of meat that you're being served. It's watching Jay manipulate the tongs to peel the meat <laughs> off of the skewer. That's 15 rounds of boxing right there because there's a lot of blood when it's all over with. But, um, you know, th those are the kinds of things uh, about Jay that stick out because it's just fun. You never have to ask him where he ate on the road. You just look at a shirt. Oh, you had Italian diary, you know? Oh, Romanian, Chinese, good for you. But it's part of Jay's charm and, and we, we just love him to pieces. So I think that yesterday was, was a, a fitting tribute and, and well-deserved on every level. Yeah, Jay is one of those guys. I, I said it a long time ago when I called him. I called him Mr. Met. I said the only thing they did was it doesn't really look a lot like you. The head size is exactly the same. It doesn't look an, enough alike him to be the actual Mr. Met. But Jay Horowitz is every single player that has come in contact with him. He's the guy that is the glue for the whole thing about the alumni guys being able to keep in contact with each other. It strengthens the bond that an existent fan has with that franchise because it feels good to see the players that he might have grown up with coming back to the ballpark, just even to be introduced if there's not an old-timers game, just even to bring him in on a weekend. You feel good about that. But the other part of that is that if you are a parent or even a grandparent of a, a young fan who doesn't know about the history and who doesn't know who these players are, well, if you take that youngster to a game and some of the alumni are there, well, you teach them about those players. You talk about what made them great, what made this era or that era special. And then hopefully that kid is motivated to do something that we didn't have the luxury of doing when we were kids, going online and just reading the unlimited amount of information that's out there. So the continuum that is sports fandom 
becomes deeper when you connect with your alumni. What Jay is doing to galvanize that alumni is something we've needed for a long time. Speaking of brilliant veterans, Buck Showalter on Sunday, the old uh, you know appeal at third, steal second base move. How much are you loving Buck so far and what he's brought to the table to the Mets? Oh, man. Was there ever more of a slam dunk, Jake, in terms of a hiring by any team? He was out there. The Mets had gone with untested managers, technically their last three hirings, including Carlos Beltran. So it was a situation that cried out for experience, for some gravitas, and for a team that, you know, was a little long on the tooth on the roster. I mean, they're a relatively old team in baseball terms. They've got a lot of veterans, but they're still veterans with a whole lot left in the tank. And so to me, for that group, that if wasn't necessarily on the precipice had the potential to get to where they would be a solid contender. It cried out for a manager like Buck Showalter. And so far it's only 10 games, but connecting spring training and the attention to detail to how it manifested yesterday in the play you're talking about, man, that, that this was a slam dunk hiring and the Mets did it right. Yeah, the preparation has been, you know, second to none. And he was always this way. And it was a shame because people came with the hiring. Well, what has he won? What has he ever won? And I don't think they realize how much preparations involved in that journey to get to that point. And he left the other two organizations and they wind up winning World Series right after him, unfortunately. And I think this is the kind of thing where you have those veteran guys who not only buy in, but they respect him. And they went right on the internet and took advantage of social media and, and backed him right off, you know, who are the candidates? Buck Showalter? Yeah, I don't care who the other guy is. They wanted Buck Showalter, and so they got Buck Showalter. And he used to be, you know, very controlling uh, of the environment, tried to control every element when I was with him in Arizona. And I think as you get older, Terry Collins very famously said, I can't control the clubhouse. That's the players. That's their thing. But what I can do is kind of set guidance as to what's expected of a major league ball player, both on and off the field. When you saw that play happen and they had said it wasn't by accident, it wasn't that Buck did it. We had talked about it in spring training that if it ever happened, it ever came up, this is a way that we can break this you know, appeal play by, you know, stealing a base or creating havoc. And they only get one shot to do it right. If they change and they vary the, the throw it could lead to something. And this time it was trade out for a run, but he actually was safe too. So it was a double whammy. I love the fact that Buck has not only done that for the team, but there is that level of respect that no one is questioning when he says to do something, try something or what, whatever comes out of his mouth. He has such a long history and a pedigree of doing it at a very high level. And especially even in New York, Howie Rose is with us at Howie Rose on Twitter, WCBS 880 AM play by play voice of the Mets. And you can also get him on cameo at Rosie 54. What is the most, or, yeah, <laughs> uh, solid prices. And I'm, I'm curious about that because I was going through some of them. Of course you had the happy 69th birthday in there and, and some, some good ones, but have you got any ridiculous request? And I assume there's some ridiculous ones that you have to turn down, right? Not, not really ridiculous. I had one just recently where somebody wanted me to do play by play of their son or friends at bats in, I don't know if it was a little league game. I've even been a college game. I don't know. But he said, or whoever it was who was inquiring said, I will send you the clips 
the video clips around which to do that. We well, can't do that on Twitter. That's not uh, on uh, Cameo. That's not how it works. You know, it's just that's a little too much technology. So I had to turn that one down. I really haven't turned anything down. Really? I, I, you know, I, I talk for food. We were jokingly. <laughs> We were jokingly wondering if, like, someone said, like, my wife left me and, like, sent you that message. Or, or leaving my wife. As yeah. It was. Like, I'm hey, Howie, can my- you tell my wife I'm leaving her? <laughs> Make it sound good. That's a good one. I don't know that I'd say no to that. I like the challenge. <laughs> I may need a good lawyer, but I, I like the challenge. And then at the end, I can see you. And don't forget, let's go mess. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so all right, he might accept your ridiculous request, Mets fan. So uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be so quick. To say, <laughs> now that you bring it up, yeah, we need we need to filter on there. Have you imagined your call again too soon? Not saying the Mets are winning at all, but do you you know they haven't won since you've been there in '87. They've been to the World Series. Do you envision the call like when they do win one? Have you practiced it? No, I envision it in the abstract but I don't envision the specifics of it. For example, just to underscore the fact that you can't predict a call or pre-package a call, you know, go back to the Matteau goal. Who the heck knew who was going to win that game for which team? It just happened to be Matteau, and I screamed like a maniac. But I don't know how the Mets would potentially win a World Series. Maybe it's a you know a game-winning hit, maybe from a, a an unexpected candidate, or you know maybe it's as simple as here's a fly ball to left as it was in 1969. But you can't prepare for that. I could only hope for it, and I've spent the entirety of my career hoping to be able to make that call. I'm not a kid anymore, you know. Oh, let's go here. Time's a wasting. Overall thoughts on the team right now. I mean, the boys are hot, seven and three, uh, with all the injuries, guys down. It seems like uh, this team could do something special. I think they're built to, and I think the encouraging thing too is the reality that if they're at the very least hanging around, if not in good position by the trade deadline, you know, they've got the resources to do whatever they want to get whatever they need. And that's comforting. You know, if a premium player becomes available, who would be a good fit, there is very little that would preclude the Mets from pursuing him. I don't know who that would be or how things would would shake down. I, I thought, and although it's 10 games, we're seeing some nice early returns that may sort of mitigate against the, the apprehension. But I was apprehensive about starting pitching depth, you know, even leaving spring training. But to see what Tyler McGill has done, his first two starts, and, you know, David Peterson has, has certainly been a, a bit of a godsend with Taiwan Walker going down. He's going to need a little time. Certainly with Jacob deGrom, not likely to pitch until around the beginning of June at best. They've been blessed to have Chris Bassett, who gives you a great look. I, I I would love to see, and I don't know how feasible it is because, you know, you have to plan your rotation around certain realities based on opponent or just how it shakes out. But, you know, you get into a series, whether in the regular season or in, in the postseason, is there something to be said? for slipping Bassett between presumably DeGrom and Scherzer to provide power. Not that Bassett's not a guy who's going to strike people out because he, he gets it up there in the 90s as well, but he's got such a wide range and such a varied arsenal. You like the idea of going hypothetically DeGrom, Bassett, Scherzer, or do you need to just maximize the number of DeGrom and Scherzer starts and just you know slot Bassett in, say, in that three spot? You realize we need our collective heads examined, right? We're planning the postseason rotation after 10 regular season games. 
Let's go. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Three three games at City Field. I'm ready. I'm I, that got me pumped up. You know, and I heard a little narco home opener. You know, never learn. Never learn. Never learn. You have to. Definition of insanity, isn't it? Yeah, it's my middle name. Same thing. Yeah, it's uh, purely insane. Howie Rose, get him on cameo. Rosie fifty four. Happy Passover. Happy Pesach. By the way, which I don't know why they say happy because you can't eat bread, and that's the least happy thing of my life. I can't go day without bread but happy Pesach to you Howie thank you I appreciate that happy Easter to those who just celebrated and um, happy baseball season yes indeed we appreciate you coming on and we'll check back in with you later in the season anytime guys I look forward to it that was cold it's really cold I'm ready for summer all right, Figgy, episode 100, the centennial 100. edition of Amazing But True's in the Books, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow as well on Twitter at Amazing But True. For Jake Brown, I'm Nelson Figueroa. We return next Monday when... Well, you mentioned the five-star thing, and uh, it was funny because my dad on Uber is unbelievable. He messages with the driver, and he puts in the messages. He writes like a novel. He's like, green shirt, red shirt, blue hoodie. He goes, mother, son, father. <laughs> he messages the driver who they're looking for. I'm like, Dad, you want to send him our blood type next? Like, And, you know, he, he says to him, yeah, home opener. I was the only one with a mask on in the building. You know, And the guy's like, oh, okay, okay, cool. But I'm like, Dad, I don't need to message the driver that much. Just, I, I don't know if I've ever met. Usually it's the automated be right mm-hmm. there. But he's like, mother, birthday, December 23rd. Father, birthday, April 14th. Son, birthday, February 5th. Aquarius, Sagittarius, Cancer. I wonder where you get it from. I guess. So I, I get the over explaining from uh, my parents, and uh, they showed me the picture of the girl on the voicemail oh. last week. So we do have an update. Uh, that's the extent of the update. I saw the picture. Nice Jewish girl, good-looking girl. So maybe there'll be a follow-up. Who knows? But they still don't know that I've played it. So they've heard enough shows of me that they've given up. They've you know, given up. Oh, probably boy. better off. I don't know if they get through this marathon. But shout out to my parents. Happy birthday. Good to see them this weekend. Always good seeing the family. We'll be back next Monday. Enjoy the Mets Giants games this week, and then Arizona. And Figgy, good luck to you heading down to, where are you going? Charleston, West Virginia. West Virginia. There'll be uh, some cousins and brothers and sisters at the game. Someone's. Someone's. I don't know if that'd be mine. What's the Dirty Birds? Is Dirty that Birds, name? yeah. They're taking it from Jamal Anderson and the Falcons. There the Dirty go. Birds. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck to you. Hopefully your pitchers do well enough where you don't have to pitch at some point this weekend. That is um, the goal, actually, of the whole thing. Has that been discussed? Like, can you pitch? Can yeah. you be a coach last pitch? Yeah, I can. In an emergency wow. situation, it, it could happen, but it most likely will not. Even our uh, front office baseball ops director, Eddie Medina, he pitched for St. John's, and he just finished pitching an independent ball last year. He's 34 years old and still throws in the 90s. I was like, dude, you before me. Figgy, there's no reason you shouldn't pitch an inning. It has, like, it would be cool, and I think it would sell tickets. You get Mets fans out there. Figgy's on the mound. Fonzie's at third. Oh, I mean, we'll have our own old. Hey, Gary there. Perone, there's your idea. You guys, I told you about the T-shirts. Figgy on the mound, Fonzie at third. Never know. Hopefully it won't happen because we'll be doing so well we don't have to make it happen. Well, I hope you're doing well where it's a 15 nothing game and you come out to pitch the ninth inning. Let's make oh, that Oh, sure. Happen. Waste me, but don't waste Edwin Diaz. I see how you work. Exactly. Yes. No <laughs> trumpets for you. For you, they play, uh, what, do they, what do they play for him? They play the cymbals. They get the cymbals. The, sim- <laughs> the percussion instruments. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. Thanks to Andrew Hartz as well on board with us. We'll be back next Monday on Amazing But True. And as always, Figgy, let's go, go Mets. Mets. In unison, very nice.
Do not compare New York and New Jersey. New York is superior to New Jersey. I will slap you like Will Smith if you say New Jersey's the same thing as New York. No offense, New Jersey, but you know we're better.